welcome to the Radical Gentleness Podcast. Whether you're joining me here today from your home, your car, or a walk around the block, I'm so glad you're here with me. My name is Brooke, and I'm the creator and your host. Here on the Radical Gentleness Podcast, I'm not interested in mastering anything. Rather, I'm interested in honest conversations with ourselves and with others. Radical gentleness is an ideology I created that encourages the potency of turning towards heartbreak, pain, and transition, and understands that difficult emotions are here to help us become alchemists of our own experience. In other words, we can afford to be really, really kind to ourselves. Radical gentleness is the belief that being gentle with ourselves is the first step towards transformation. In my opinion, it's the end both of not trying to change our experience and knowing that often what happens when we meet ourselves exactly as we are in the moment is transformational. Radical gentleness is what's possible when we create our lives from the inside out with intention and humor and even a little grit. My only goal here is that this podcast honors you exactly where you are on your path now. Welcome. If you're joining me here today on the launch date, May 9th, 2019, I'd like to send you a big thank you. Today, May 9th, is in fact my birthday, and by listening to this podcast, you can consider that your birthday gift to me. So thank you. (laughs) Today is my 24th birthday, which feels significant because I'm entering my mid-20s. The mid-20s. I'm excited. I know that many people have different feelings about age, but I always feel it's a privilege. So far in my life, I've felt joyful with each rotation of Earth around Sun that I get the chance to live another year again. So 24, or my mid-20s. It also feels significant because this is a podcast that begins with me talking about my early 20s. The pains, the joys, what I found in that journey of first entering adulthood, and what I'm learning now. This also means that this podcast is not about my mastering adulthood, womanhood, or transition. In fact, it's about the opposite. It's about my adventures, lessons, and mistakes along the way. It's about ripening into adulthood and getting through transitions with grace and humor and doing it my own way. It's a podcast I created because I wanted to hear more young women talking about the experience of being a young woman. So let's do this. I'd like to begin this very first episode by sharing a story with you. Now, let me warn you by saying it's not a pretty story, but I hope it will be relatable. On a hot July day in 2017, I found myself standing on the sidewalk outside of my new apartment with my black carry-on suitcase in one hand and a floor lamp in my other hand. These were the last of my possessions carefully separated out from the apartment I had shared with my ex-boyfriend. I had just exited his car for the last time, and he drove away. A relationship that was four years in the making just ended while sitting mundanely in his Honda. Months of conversation precluded the moment, but it didn't take away from the sharpness of it. 
The heaviness of my choice to leave a four-year relationship with my college sweetheart hung thick in the air. I looked up towards the dilapidated but charming Victorian multiplex, knowing I'd have to climb the steep driveway and wind up those awkward wooden stairs before entering the apartment that for the first time in my whole life was solely mine. A few weeks later, I found myself sitting on my ironically titled love seat with my recent ex-boyfriend. I had accidentally packed a few things from our once mutual belongings that were now separated and relabeled his. Anyone who has once lived with a partner and has gone through that pain point of figuring out who moves out first and what stuff do you take will understand how hard even that transition alone is. But we made the most of our amicable breakup, and he came over to pick up the last of his stuff. We talked for a couple of minutes, who knows about what, and as the conversation waned, I insisted we make plans so we could say goodbye to each other before his move out of state that was coming up in a few weeks. He looked at me with kindness and came in with the final blow. This was the last time he wanted to see me. This was our goodbye. I was ambushed, and not for the last time during the breakup, I had the thought, this is not the breakup I signed up for. (laughs) Even though our ending was kind and mutual, it was one of the first moments that I realized he and I, we were now on distinctly different paths. Here's what you have to understand. Given the mutuality of our breakup and the agreement that we wanted to remain friends, it felt like a slap in the face to realize that I was no longer in a position to have my needs be taken into his consideration. Where his journey took him was no longer my business. I was awestruck by the sharpness of this truth. Looking back, I don't even remember saying goodbye to him. Did we hug? Was it awkward? I have no idea. It's all one blurry haze. I didn't feel the full gravity of the breakup until he made his move out of state. We had planned to make that move together, and now here I was, left in the city he and I fell in love in. Everything seemed to remind me of us. I found myself crying in grocery stores, haunted walking through neighborhoods. Nothing felt simple. Everything felt touched by the pains of what once was. Rewind to weeks prior of my moving out of the apartment I had shared with him. I found myself standing next to him in our building's elevator. I felt small next to his six-foot frame, and overly emotional compared to his calm state. We had been in conversation for weeks by then, knowing that a breakup was inevitable, but taking our time to move into our new lives slowly. That afternoon, I found myself part laughing, part begging, insisting we should make a list of all the reasons we were breaking up. I remember there being about six core reasons, the six things we couldn't quite make work between us, and I repeated them back to him in that elevator. It helped calm my panic as I thought of a life ahead without him. In the year after leaving that relationship, I would come to find that none of those six bullet points for why we broke up mattered. They served only to help me leave, and to satisfy the curiosity of onlookers who, much like slowing down to observe a bad car crash, 
couldn't understand why a seemingly happy couple was breaking up. Those people and those reasons stopped mattering at some point. Through my tears, grit, and supportive friends, I came to realize the reason I walked away was because I needed to come home to myself. After four years of school and climbing the uphill battle of trying to make a relationship work that no longer was, I was exhausted. Exhausted in a way one can only be after their first love has come to an end. There was only one way to recover. I had to crawl inside my own heart and rescue myself, even if it meant leaving the one relationship that meant more to me than any other. But it wasn't that simple. The truth that maybe it was time to end it nagged at my heart for months, but I didn't want to believe it. It felt like it would have been much simpler to pretend to be happy, to keep the man I considered to be my best friend by my side, and to go along living a half-hearted life. Months before we broke up, I remember sitting in the bathtub in our old apartment, reading Cheryl Strayed's Tiny Beautiful Things. I began to cry as I read through a handful of letters that read, I love him, but some little voice in my head is thinking about leaving. And Cheryl wrote back, yes, I understand, leave. I felt as if she was right there with me, encouraging that small thing I knew to be true, deep down in my heart. The tears fell down my face and joined the bathwater as my at-the-time partner knocked on the door. Is everything okay? He walked in and saw my sad form crying in the tub. Yes, I'm just reading a good book. He smiled and left. I wonder if he knew then the fracture that I felt, the brokenness I was carrying of two equally true feelings. I loved this man more than anyone and I needed to leave. Now that I've made it through the depths of my grief, I can see how it sounds like such a romantic idea to leave someone to pursue your own happiness. Yes, it's the plot to many a romantic comedy and novel, but let me tell you, in my life, that truth split me into two, or really into many fractures is what it felt like. Holding two or more simultaneous truths is a balancing act that we are not taught, but rather, if lucky enough to break into pieces at some point, which I find that um, most of us are, <laughs> we have the chance to learn what it means to listen to ourselves deeply, even if following that still, small voice means blowing up our lives as we knew them. Is it worth it, they'll ask, but I find that question irrelevant. Of course, of course it's worth it. To have come back into my full being is priceless, which is a good thing because the cost of losing that relationship was very high. But here's what the movies won't say about this process. It fucking sucks. It's not just solo travel adventures and nights out with girlfriends. It's also crying on the floor, moments of uncertainty, and feeling completely lost. To come home to ourselves is not glamorous, it's gritty. It's the hard work for people who are dedicated to their own well-being. It's a journey that everyone has the opportunity to take, but it does require bravery, support, and a willingness to feel like shit for a while. 
What I'm saying is, becoming our own hero takes time, takes courage, and it takes what I've claimed to be radical gentleness. So almost two years after this breakup, I find myself here, creating this work about transition and believing deeply in the potency of grief. I knew all my pain was ripe, and I needed to listen to her to unlock the next steps of being. This is what I mean by forging our own path. Listening to my grief has allowed me to own the experience I was having, to make it mine, and to immerse myself in it with great care, both for myself and for the process of becoming. In December of 2017, I found myself huddled on my kitchen floor, sobbing. It was five months after my ex and I had parted ways, and I was still deep in my grieving process. It was not the first time I found myself unconsolable, and it wouldn't be my last. But something stirred deep in me this time. After a couple minutes of laying on the green linoleum floor, I bolted upright and opened my laptop. I flashed to a blank document and began writing. I wrote for what felt like a long while. It could have been 30 minutes or two hours. It was as if time had stopped and it was just me, in my bedroom, frantically putting all the unsaid words and unnamed feelings onto paper. Though I didn't know it then, that was the beginning of this project. That document ended up being about 100 pages of writing there that I created over several months. It held every moment of pain from the transition, all the hopes and the fears, all the moments that split me in two. It also held all the glimpses at the end of the tunnel, the moments when I found myself in my own skin again, moments of laughter and kindness and joy. It was supposed to be a book, but a book is not what wanted to happen. This work wanted to breathe out loud to an audience, to feel more connected and verbal. And beyond heartbreak, the work wanted to hold the curiosities, joys, and pains of being a young woman who is trying to do things differently in a world that wants me to move faster and faster. It wanted to be a breathing subject, so I could continue to add more, and so the idea for a podcast emerged. This podcast begins with heartbreak, yes, but it's more so about what happened when I slowed down and let myself be broken, giving myself the time I needed to heal. On that hot July day, I entered a new life, and though I was certain I was making the right choice, I was baffled about what a future without my ex would mean. How would I begin the process of deep healing I needed in order to live without him? The answer to that question would come slowly, but what I found is a friendship with myself that is hot on fire with love. <laughs> the kind of love that can hold myself when I'm tender, speak kindly to myself when I'm sad, give myself a nap when I'm tired. A deeply honoring relationship. One that I had touched upon before in life, but I had given up in the pursuit of school and partnership. I think it's so normal to lose ourselves in the process of falling in love. When I think back to the messages of my childhood, whether from my community members or media, the emphasis was always on finding my Prince Charming. But here's the thing, real love is mundane. It doesn't sweep us off our feet. It asks our best selves to come forward. It doesn't play boomboxes outside our window. 
but it will ask us to be patient. Love, romantic love that is, is only one part of the equation of my happiness. And in the last two years, I've been on the joyful and gut-wrenching journey of refilling the other parts of myself and my life. It's been awesome and difficult, and I can't wait to share what I've learned with you. This is a podcast that explores the stories, tribulations, and joys of what happened when I left a loving relationship to find myself and subsequently stumbled into adulthood. Radical gentleness is the word I use to describe what happened when I slowed down enough to meet myself in the pain of my heartbreak. Radical gentleness was able to talk the scary thoughts down, to recognize what I really need under all the noise of should, to remind myself to be ten times kinder to me during this season of transformation. Radical gentleness became the method by which I worked through heartbreak and the effect was that of breaking open to life. The relevant stories will reveal themselves here, though mostly this is a space for us to have permission to be, to slow down, and continue to build our relationships with ourselves, in a radically gentle way, of course. This podcast uses the pain and joy points in my life transitions as a springboard to explore modern-day mindfulness, self-care and respect, and what it's like to grow into a young woman interested in slow living in a world that's fast-paced. I hope this work promotes the idea that we can afford to be ten times gentler with ourselves. I hope this podcast makes you laugh and feel seen and makes you inhale deeply. We are all in the process of becoming together. We'll end each episode with a practice I've found to be transformational. Wherever you are right now, let's take a moment to be with ourselves just for a couple of breaths. This is a practice that no matter where we are or what's happening, allows our attention to come back to our own being, if only for a moment. You can do this with your eyes open or closed while driving or walking or getting ready for work. Wherever you are, just taking a moment to notice your breath and feel your body. Note that whatever arises for you in this practice, there's no good or bad or needing to fix any of it. We're simply placing our attention back on our own being. Let's begin by taking a breath. Notice what emotions are present for you right now. Continuing your breath, inhaling deeply. Noticing what the quality of your mind is. Is it busy or does it feel calm? And again, just taking a few breaths. Now taking a moment to notice your body. Do you feel tension? Do you feel pain? Do you feel good? Just notice. Taking another deep breath and closing the practice. Lovely. We'll do that at the end of each episode as a way to come back to ourselves. It's a practice that I've found to be healing and allows me to come back to myself throughout times of stress and joy, so I wanted to share it with you all. 
I think it's important to bring our energy back to ourselves in a world that is constantly demanding our attention. So we'll take an opportunity to do that together at the end of each episode. Again, thank you so much for being here with me today on this very first episode. I am over the moon to be able to share this project with you, and I look forward to talking to you more soon. Until next time, be radically gentle with you.